welcome to Revolutionary Women. My name is Tess Silverman. Women around the world are constantly creating ways to make a difference in their communities, and today's guest is no exception. My guest today is Catherine Lucy. Catherine is the founder and chief executive officer of Solar Sister, a social enterprise investing in women entrepreneurs to bring clean energy access to off-grid communities in sub-Saharan Africa. Catherine is a Schwab Foundation Entrepreneur of the Year, an Ashoka Fellow, and a Draper Richards Kaplan Foundation Entrepreneur. She has received recognition and awards for her work with Solar Sister, including Forbes 50 Over 50 Women of Impact, Clinton Global Initiative, Social Venture Network, C3E, and International Center for Research on Women, ICRW Champion of Change Award. She holds an MBA from Georgia State University and a bachelor's degree in journalism from the University of Georgia. Prior to becoming a social entrepreneur, Catherine spent over 20 years as an investment banker on Wall Street, providing structured finance solutions to the energy sector. Hi, this is Catherine Lucy. Hi, Catherine. Welcome to Revolutionary Women. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks so much. It's such a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited to have you on the show. I have been following Solar Sister for a long time, but before we get into that, um, so I read that you came from Atlanta, Georgia. Um, so how was, um, how was it growing up for you in Atlanta? Yeah, so yeah, I'm a Georgia girl, born and bred. I oh, was okay. born in Atlanta and uh, you know, went to schools there, grew up. I stayed, my mom stayed, I grew up in the house my mom lived in for you know, all of my life and um, ended up going off to college in Georgia. I went to mm. University of Georgia, mm-hmm. came all the way back to Atlanta, went to grad school at Georgia State, got a degree in finance and, oh, wow. um, and decided at that point to, I was ready to go you know, make my way in the world. And I was really interested in, I had been doing some work in foreign exchange for mm-hmm. a small, uh, from a, for a local commodities trading company mm-hmm. and ended up um, leveraging that into a job in New York and started working in New York as um, on the trading desk of an international bank. Oh, wow. So my, my, my trip to New York to, for my interview uh-huh. was the first time that I'd ever been to New York. Really? And a week later I moved there and was working on the trading desk. So wow. it was pretty pretty big adventure for me at the time. So what what did you think of New York when you first got here? When you I first got to it. New York? I loved it. You know, yeah. New York is such a, a wonderful, exciting place. One of the things I loved about it is the minute you step foot in New York, you're a New Yorker. You <laughs> That's know, so true. <laughs> you, you just, you know, so you're true. so accepted. There's different kinds of people from all over the world, mm-hmm. all economic, social, mm-hmm. you know, everything, yeah. all mixed up together. You've got, you know, high rises right next to slums, next mm. to, you know, shopping, next yeah. to the restaurant, you know, just everything's really right there, right yeah. in your face, I guess. Right. And um, I loved that. I loved the energy of it and um, the opportunity of it. That's so cool. Oh, my gosh. Well, I, I, I didn't know that, but that's awesome. Um, so would you ever consider moving to New York? Or well, did you, con- did you consider? For, yeah, I lived you did. there for 25 years. You did? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And um, so I um, worked in, as I said, I worked in a trading floor of a bank, but then moved through kind of the banking system and ended up um, in the on their energy Mm. Um, section, you know, okay. working with 
uh, doing project finance for large scale power plants. Okay. And we were building huge power plants all, all around the world. And, and my role was to get the money, well, you know, okay. I was financing them and figuring right. out how to pull together a group of people. You, you need your lawyers, you need your engineers, you need your bankers, you need right. your, you know, the people who've got the money, you mm-hmm. know, you put them all together. Mm-hmm. And um, in project finance, you make sure that everybody's doing the job that they're best capable to do. Mm-hmm. And that together you're creating something really, you know, you're creating this outcome, mm-hmm. which is a operating power plant, right. delivering energy to um, people who need it. Right. And okay. so that really gave me the, um, the insights, I guess, of, you know, no country comes into a modern era mm-hmm. if they don't have access to energy. Right. You know, yeah. Um, and so at the very big infrastructure level, mm-hmm. you know, comp- uh, countries, um, it's one of the most important investments that they can make is electrifying and creating energy for their people and right. for their industry. Right. Okay. Well, so let's get, um, let's go back for a little bit. Um, so mm-hmm. you were in, in the financial industry for a long time, mm-hmm. but what about what about finances that attracted you to that industry? What was it about um, the financing, uh, financial industry? About that, the financial world? Yeah. I, I loved that aspect of, um, it's an, on, you know, the, the work I was doing in an investment bank in project finance mm-hmm. is very much of a deal-making world. You're pulling together groups of people to work together to create this outcome mm-hmm. on, on a specific, you know, it's like, it's like putting together a puzzle. It's like, oh. to me, that's just fun. You know, that's okay. just so much fun. I love problem solving. I love puzzle making. Uh-huh. I love, you know, I do my wordle every day. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, and, and that kind of business where uh-huh. it's very, even though I was working in a big bank, Mm-hmm. What the job I was doing was very entrepreneurial. It's mm-hmm. like you make it happen. You know, right. nobody is showing you the way. Nobody right. is. There's no set path. Right. You set out and um, make, you know, you set your goal. This is what you want to get done. Uh-huh. And then you go find the people and the money mm-hmm. and the engineers and, and you pull it all together and you make something happen. That so is so it's, cool. It's a, you know, finance, I think a lot of people think of as like, just numbers and I love numbers but you know but it's not just like an accountant sitting behind a screen and Mm -hmm. you know adding things up Mm -hmm. finance is really for me it was a really creative and um productive you know kind of creative in a like you're producing something you're Mm -hmm. creating something Mm -hmm. kind of way and you're you're pulling resources right you're pulling Mm -hmm. resources together and you're creating relationships that Mm -hmm. way absolutely yep oh that's really cool so it has all of that so um, I'll leap forward a little bit here, but the job that, you know, as I left, left banking and ended up, you know, create, you know, founding a, a nonprofit that mm-hmm. is a social enterprise nonprofit, mm-hmm. it sounds like I went to the other ends of the earth or something, you know, it sounds like I, <laughs> uh-huh. I kind of like made a, a complete U-turn. Mm-hmm. But in reality, what I do today is so similar to what I was doing when I was banking. Oh. I'm still, you know, it's still a creative problem-solving, solution-seeking. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a, you know, great big goal out here of mm-hmm. what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. I'm pulling together resources that I don't have, you right, know. Yeah. I'm finding yeah. the people with the money. I'm finding the engineers. I'm finding the, you know, distribution. I'm finding, you know. So, again, it's just really creating those relationships and pulling together all the pieces of this puzzle mm. to create 
create something that you've set your sight on. That's awesome. Yeah, okay, so let's get into it. You are the founder and CEO of Solar Sister. Mm-hmm. I love that name, but okay, can you tell me what Solar Sister is about and what prompted you to, to create it? Yeah, so Solar Sister is a, a network, of, it's a movement, it's a mm. network of women entrepreneurs mm-hmm. working in their communities, local communities, to bring clean energy to their communities. We oh, specifically are working in Sub-Saharan Africa, uh-huh. in communities that don't have access to energy. Hmm. So, um, you know, here I'm in the U.S., I'm from here, you know, and, and so I take electricity really much for granted, mm-hmm. you know, and connectivity for granted. Mm-hmm. I wake up in the morning, you know, first thing you do is kind of flip on the light. Mm-hmm. Last thing you do before you go to bed is you turn off the light. Right. All day long, you're on your phone or your computer plugged in, you know, you're using electricity all the time. Right. Well, in Sub-Saharan Africa, there's over 600 million people. That's twice the population of the United States. Mm-hmm. There's over 600 million people that do not have access to electricity. Wow. And in their homes, what they're doing, you know, they still use kerosene. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're burning kerosene and little lamps. And, uh-huh. You know, um, they're burning candles. They're using uh-huh. maybe a torch light or a flashlight that has batteries that, when you think about it, kerosene and candles and batteries are, you know, so expensive mm. of a way to light your home. Mm-hmm. And so they really can't afford it. These are people, you know, living it below the poverty line, so mm-hmm. less than $2 a day. And, you know, a single candle is going to cost you $2. So Jeez. to think that you would pay your entire day's wages just to get a bit of light. Yeah. Um, they yeah. end up spending, it's like 30% of their income just on you know, the kerosene and the candles, the batteries, you know, what they need for cooking. Mm-hmm. They're cooking over open stone fires. And so, you know, they have to collect the wood or the charcoal. And oh so the, this is what we call energy poverty. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they're just, they're poor in economic ways, but right. they're even, they're really poor in energy access. And yeah. so um, in these areas, this is exactly where Solar Sister works. And what we're doing is we, um, find women in those communities mm-hmm. and we provide them with training and support mm-hmm. and supply chain support in marketing and business skills and things like that mm. and help them set up local businesses and they're selling to their communities more efficient modern energy products in particular as you can tell by the name solar sister yeah. one of the things they sell are solar lamps oh, these are that. very small um super rugged, appropriate, very affordable solar lamps Mm -hmm. that they can sell to their community. And they're, you know, they start by selling maybe it's almost like Avon style where Mm -hmm. they're just selling, you know, that they buy their businesses. So they're buying inventory, Mm -hmm. they add a markup to it, and then they sell it to their community. They get to keep that markup. That's their profit margin. So this, this small business that is very much targeted to their customers Mm -hmm. and it's targeted to um the way that these women can be in business is it's got to be super flexible it's got to fit into their life Uh um yeah these are women they're probably farmers or teachers or Mm. they're certainly mothers or grandmothers you know and so they've got a lot going on and so they're not somebody who go get a job from nine to five and you know, work at a store or, a, you know, gas station or something like that, right. but they can start their own little business and then um, scale it up to yeah. be as big as they want it to be or as small as they want it to be. Wow. And that, that choice is completely theirs. That's really and, awesome. um, so they earn income 
uh-huh. and uh, which is amazing to see what happens. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I if you've heard kind of the mm. the stories about you know when a woman earns income, she invests ninety percent of it into her family, mm-hmm. and yeah. we see that absolutely true with these women. You know, we they've they've proven it out. What happens is they earn income. And they invested, hopefully, back in their business because mm-hmm. we want to see them grow their business mm-hmm. and also take the profits out. Um, and the first thing we see is that they invest in their children mm. and their children's education specifically. That's almost always the first thing they say is, um, you yeah, know, now I'm paying my school. Now I can pay for the school fees, wow. even though it's even though they're tradi- it's it's called free education, mm-hmm. but there's school fees attached. So mm-hmm. it's, it's not entirely free. Wow. And it's one of the biggest cash expenses that they have in their household oh, is to wow. have to pay the school fees, which pay for like the books and the uniforms and uh-huh. the teacher's salary and stuff like that. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. Um, they pay their school fees. The second thing we see them do with, with their profits and their money is they, um, in, they upgrade their diet. And so we'll hear things like, oh, you know, I bought meat this week at the store, so we're going to have meat this week. Or I bought a bit of sugar, which, you know, is always really sweet because it's like, you know, they're they're improving their diet above above kind of your basic subsistence level Mm -hmm. diet. They're adding Mm -hmm. a little flavor and a little protein and, you know, all of that to it. Yeah. Um, Which the next thing we see is often they invest in their home and they will, um, you'll go into their homes and these are, if you can imagine, we're talking rural sub-Saharan Africa, where you might have a mud-walled home with a thatched roof and a dirt floor. Mm-hmm. And that's a very, you know, standard rural home. Mm-hmm. And what they'll do with the money is um, they'll usually invest in a roof. And so instead of thatch, you'll see them buy tin. So they'll hmm. have a tin roof, which will be, you know, better. And it's better for their health and, and everything. Mm-hmm. They'll in, they'll um have someone come in and put in a concrete floor Mm. so it's not just hard packed dirt but it's Mm -hmm. actually you know a nice concrete floor or you'll see them building an addition or actually building an entire house brick by brick and so it's like this this month i have you know five dollars left over i could buy five bricks next month i have ten dollars left over i'll buy ten bricks you know and you will literally see this house get built you know kind of brick by brick and over a year or two they'll have an entire you know small brick house with windows and a tin roof and a concrete floor which is an incredible upgrade in a standard of living Uh for them and for their family yeah but it's very small and very practical things that they do right and that really struck me when you were talking about you know like getting some or having enough money to buy meat or sugar which we take for granted here, you know, mm-hmm. and which we, and especially with regards to, okay, well, we all have roofs here, and, and but it's not the same as having, like, a thatch roof for sure, and then having to save all that, whatever money that they um, they get from selling the solar lamps. That's really, it's, it's crazy to me that, you know, like, we're, we're in a position to really... Uh, they have less access of almost anything, um, you know, especially with regards to electricity. And and I love that they're, you know, whatever um, profit they get, it goes right into the family. That's really incredible. Um, what I am curious, though, is so where do they get their inventory from? And 
is that from the states and then it's sent over there to the different mm -hmm. countries or is yeah, it built so there most most of the products are you know even though they're simple lights simple mm -hmm. solar lights mm -hmm. home systems which so the range of products is like so, solar lights mm -hmm. solar phone chargers Hmm. Um, which are super important because even though no one has electricity, everyone seems to have a cell phone. <laughs> so, yeah. so somehow they've got to charge up their phones. Right. Um, and uh, solar, things like a solar powered fan. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're in a very hot climate, mm. you're having just a fan create a breeze for your home makes a huge difference. Right. Um, solar powered radios, you know, keeping that connectivity into the world and events and education opportunities and entertainment things right. is really important. Um, yeah. Solar powered TVs. You know, we start to, we start at the simple light, but these things go up. We have solar powered home systems wow. that'll have three or five lights for the home. Huh. If you have a larger home, you're going to put a light in each home. Wow. Uh, I mean, in each room. Uh -huh. And um, even small TVs that can be powered by the solar light you know That's solar wild. you know energy coming in through the battery and everything so it's and then even beyond that things like solar water pumps um mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, clean cook stoves which yep. is these aren't solar powered but these are efficient burning stoves mm -hmm. so that they're using only a third of the amount of fuel so instead mm. of having to go out to collect wood right. or buy charcoal mm -hmm. three times a week they're now right. only having to go out once a week which is this in a, you know that's there's all kind of ripple effect benefits from just time savings labor savings because it's always the women and the girls who end up with these jobs mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and safety you yeah. know one of one of the most vulnerable times is for you know young really young girls get sent to out to go collect the wood or mm -hmm. to go collect the you know and and they're vulnerable at most times so being right. able to reduce that is a big impact that's really um, awesome so that's you know, this whole big range of products mm -hmm. and they purchase from us. We mm -hmm. are their supplier mm -hmm. um, and we, we purchase products from a wide variety of highly vetted and curated suppliers. Mm -hmm. So in the past years, there has been a focus on this last mile energy access. Mm -hmm. And there are companies that have, um, designers, manufacturers who have focused on making a product that is, you know, affordable and appropriate to do exactly this distributed clean energy in rural communities. Mm -hmm. And so what, what most designers and manufacturers don't have is a good supply chain, you know, a good distribution channel. Right. And yeah. so that's where we come in. Uh, you know, we, okay. we buy from these manufacturers at mm -hmm. a, you know, bulk, huge bulk because we've got over 7,000 women entrepreneurs wow. so we're buying in big bulk uh -huh. we're breaking it down into you know the the local woman entrepreneur she can't buy a container load right. of solar lights she wants to buy 10 mm -hmm. so you know we kind of break it up and break it down and make sure that it is available to them mm -hmm. in their community at you know the price that they can then add their markup to to make their money Right. So we're kind of that middleman, middle yeah. woman, I guess it uh -huh. is in uh -huh. this case. But we're, yeah. you know, we fit right in the middle. And right. then the other part of what we do for the entrepreneurs is we, um, because being an entrepreneur is, is hard anywhere mm. in the world, mm -hmm. um, and they're working in some of the most difficult environments to you know, maintain a business. Mm -hmm. And most of the women only have a, you know, maybe a primary school education. Mm -hmm. 
and they're intelligent women. They're mm-hmm. very capable women. They are amazing saleswomen, mm. but they could use some help with some business skills and techniques right. and um, some softer support around things. We call it agency-based training, which uh-huh. is basically just helping people realize, you know, I got this. I mm-hmm. can do this. I can be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I can be a technology entrepreneur mm-hmm. because um, in most of these communities, women are not necessarily considered, you know, they're not the first to get the technology, right. you know, the, the yeah. discrepancy between uh, women having cell phones and men having cell phones, mm-hmm. you know, men, there's a higher percentage of men, right. you know, women in order to bring this solar technology into the household right. to solve a household energy issue of burning kerosene. Right. It's women who have to make the choice that, you know what, I don't want to burn kerosene around my children anymore. Yeah. I want a solar yeah. light. Right. And so, um, you know, getting women educated around that, the benefits and the safety and the you know environmental benefits and the cost of benefits of, mm-hmm. you know, switching over. Mm-hmm. By having this network of women entrepreneurs, they are the best placed to um, make that case for their families, friends, and neighbors. I love that. Like, you know, if I went into that community and said, hey, I have this newfangled gadget, like you should really buy this. Mm-hmm. They're all going to look at me like, I'm mm-hmm. not trusting you. Yeah. You know, who are you? You're not from here. Right. You know, you're trying to sell me something, I can tell. But mm-hmm. if her, you know, if someone's next door neighbor comes to her and says, you might have noticed that my son is doing really well in school mm-hmm. and it's because he's studying at night because we have a light now. Mm. And then the next door neighbor's like, Hey, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. want my child to do really well in school. Right. And so that's the kind of, you know, woman to woman trust-based uh-huh. um, sales technique that we're able to tap into with this network of women entrepreneurs. I love that. Yeah. I, I actually read something um, that you said in an, the ENC blog um, your quote saying, when women have more agency, they make better choices for their lives, including caring for their families and communities. When they have an income of their own, they invest in better education for their children, better health care for themselves and their families, and accumulating savings to build resilience. Now, do you feel that this is what you see in women in countries you've been working with, and do you think it would be the same in other developing countries? I think it's global. Mm. I think we see that everywhere. That's awesome. Um, yeah. I think, you know, women are, you know, what women, gender equality is, is core of what we're trying to achieve here. And just giving women an opportunity mm-hmm. um, and, and removing some of the obstacles in their way. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, my job is done because they take it from there. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's, um, there's this incredible unleashed, unharnessed, unco- you know, mm-hmm. kind of power out there of, of women. And, um, you know, we've got to, we've got to level the playing field yeah. for them mm-hmm. so that they can be entrepreneurs right? and, and really, you know, do what, you know, when, because when, when they do, they, they make incredible choices and they're, they mm-hmm. are strong leaders. I love that. Can, can you tell me the story of Rebecca? Uh, from... Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> this is this goes way way back. So okay. when I was first, um, you know, even before Solar Sister started, I was uh, working in Uganda mm-hmm. um, with a small family foundation that had been putting um, solar on schools and clinics and in village homes. Mm-hmm. And this was my introduction. You know, I 
I had been working with energy at the big infrastructure level, so I understood the importance of it. But working with this family foundation and, you know, getting on the ground and really meeting people who didn't have access to electricity and seeing what a difference it made in their lives mm -hmm. was really part of the impetus of, you know, of what then became Solar Sister. Mm. So in that process, we were in Uganda. Uh, we were, went to the home of a woman and her husband, who was a pastor, Rebecca and Charles. Mm -hmm. And um, she, we had, the, the organization had put a, a solar panel on her home like 10 years before. Uh -huh. And so she told us the story of this solar panel and how it had benefited her life. Mm. And her, the story that Rebecca told us goes like this, that she had, um, when they first came to ask her, where are we going to put the solar panels? We have a home system and there are three lights that are powered by solar. And Rebecca and Charles lived in a four room home. Mm -hmm. And so we have to like figure out which room is not going to get the light. Right. And Charles, the pastor, said, well, we're going to put one in my office, mm -hmm. one in the kitchen, and one in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. And Rebecca looks at him and she says, no, we're not. <laughs> we're putting one outside the front door. Huh. Because when I come home at night from the garden and it's dark, oh. I need to see that light to know where I'm coming home and for safety and oh. to guide me. Uh -huh. And we're putting one in the room where I cook dinner, you know, huh. because it's dark by the time I cook dinner. And you like to eat, so, you know, you want me to be able that. to cook well. Right. And she said, we're going to put the, th and she said, we did not need to put one in the bedroom because we know what we're doing in there. <laughs> she says, we're going to put the third light back in this room where we keep the chickens. Huh. And they actually kept their chickens in the room in the house because of predators and keeping them safe from you know, what wow. could eat a chicken hyenas or whatever, I guess. Uh -huh. And so she, they kept the chickens back in this room and she put a light in the chicken room uh -huh. because what Rebecca knew was that chickens will only eat when they can see. And so oh. by giving those chickens four more hours of light, uh -huh. they ate more. Huh. And when they ate more, they laid bigger and more eggs. Really? The chickens were healthier. Huh. Um, and so she then had enough eggs, not just for herself and her husband and her family, but now she had enough eggs, she could take them to market. Wow. And she sold eggs at the market huh. and earned money from those eggs. And she bought a goat and then oh a cow and then, you know, her farm is like thriving and, you know, she's growing it and stuff. And she, um, learned like sustainable farming, small acre farming practices, like mm -hmm. how to use the cow manure for the vegetables and all of this, you know, and her farm was just thriving. Hmm. The community asked her like, Hey, you know, Rebecca here, you're yeah. doing great. Like, what can we learn from you? Right. And she ended up opening a school on that same piece of property. Wow. And she has about a hundred children that attend school. About half of them are boarders and stay there during the week and go home on the weekends. Huh. And half of them come from the rural village that they live in. Oh my gosh. And, um, so she teaches them about, you know, just, you know how to read and math and sustainable farming and all about solar and everything mm. and and that light that single light bulb yeah. uh, you know the light that used to be lighting the chicken room right well now she has like a whole chicken coop That's for the awesome. chickens wow. and that light that is in the that used to be in the chicken room that that third room uh -huh. or the fourth room in the house uh -huh. now is a dormitory room where the boarders sleep wow. and that light powers their studies at night oh my and so gosh. i'm like oh my god this whole like house that jack built kind of story that came out of the yeah. single light bulb right 
Wow, that's incredible. I love that story. Oh my gosh. I want to meet her. <laughs> Now I want to meet her. Oh, wow. And you know, it, it is like, it, wow, it, it started from one light source and then it just grew from there. And I love that it, she just keeps thriving. She just keeps growing, you know. Right. And, 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 and that's what I mean. You know, it's like yeah. what we, you know, giving her access to light was, mm-hmm. I mean, it's such a fundamental, simple thing to do. Yeah. But yeah. what happened because of that was all due to her, all right. due to her ingenuity right. and courage and, you know, um, get it done you know mm-hmm. she she took it from there and mm-hmm. it was really that 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 convinced me like wow you know giving people something as simple as access to light yeah just it means you unlock this potential that is being kept in the dark all mm-hmm. the time you know mm-hmm. to be kind of literal about it but yeah. you know they, you know these people have you know everyone mm-hmm. not just you know everyone has so much potential inside right sometimes you just need to do that remove that one obstacle just wow. open up the door a little bit just you know i love just that. that first little bit of help and then it's then yeah they take it from there yeah and then watch out i love it mm-hmm. <laughs> so how have the men in these communities responded to women being providers for their families mm. a result of working as a result of working with solar sister or yeah. you know being given this opportunity yeah We have, we have an incredibly positive experience of the men in the lives of the Solar Sisters. Oh, so cool. I know that there's some expectation that like, oh my gosh, when women get empowered, there mm-hmm. might be a flashback or something. Mm-hmm. But um, because Solar Sister is a, um, a free will opportunity, so somebody becomes a Solar Sister because they choose to be. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not forcing anybody to be an entrepreneur. We're not forcing anybody who might you know, have repercussions in their life mm-hmm. or something like that if they were to have, be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. But what we are offering is an opportunity for someone who can take advantage of the opportunity. Right. And and so what? So I think that kind of self-selects, you know, the Solar Sister entrepreneurs in general are either, you know, many of them are, um, actually many of them are grandmothers or widows or really? um, huh. are not, having men in their lives anymore for some reason uh-huh. and uh-huh. then other ones that do we have found that they're very supportive That's often awesome. we'll hear the story of you know i i i um, met my first customer today it's my husband that's great that's really great or they'll actually employ their husbands and they'll become <laughs> you know work together on the business and I grow love the it. business by getting their husband to work with them i love um, it And in in many cases, and we do surveys and try to make sure that we do address these kinds of issues. And and from the surveys, what we have found is that um, actually financial stability in mm-hmm. a family mm-hmm. lessens the um, the stresses that can lead toward um, domestic violence. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so um, that it's, makes sense. You know, it's, yeah, it does make sense, right? Yeah. You know, the women are like, I no longer have to ask my husband for these household expenses. I can take care of them myself. Right. And that just kind of, things are a little lighter after that, you know? Yeah. They don't feel as beholden or under the foot of. Right. Yeah. Well, because they're providing and they're helping make sure that their family is taken care of. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, yes, you will have, you know, 
I'm sure there's still, like, you know, other communities out there who may not like having, you know, women be in charge. But, you know, when you see the proof of, of what they can accomplish and how it affects how it actually enhances the community, then you can't be upset about that. So, yeah. One wow. of my favorite stories is a, a young woman. She was... Um, wanted to become she had met someone who was a solar sister entrepreneur and she wanted to become a solar sister entrepreneur too mm-hmm. she saw the opportunity of it and and you know what it could do mm-hmm. and she's from a very um conservative muslim area of mm-hmm. family in tanzania mm-hmm. and so she needed to ask her husband's permission if she could do this and mm-hmm. she went to ask her husband mm-hmm. and he she's like i'll sell these products you know to our neighbors mm-hmm. and earn some money and he was like absolutely not i am not having you go out to <laughs> like knock on doors and sell products that's uh, just not that's uh-huh. not going to be uh-huh. and she came back and she was disappointed and, and then she thought about it and she goes well you know i have a lot of cousins and <laughs> i don't okay. need to go knocking on anybody's door uh-huh. and so she invited like all her family and cousins over <laughs> to her house uh-huh. and had these products and sold them and you know, they then her cousins then had friends and brought their friends over and bought more products. And wow! She built her business kind of from her from home. Her home. That's so cool! And wow. with her profit, she bought a new bed, huh. um, like a nice, really nice mattress and you know bedding. Uh-huh. And her husband noticed this new bed, mm-hmm. <laughs> nice mattress and new bedding, and he was mm-hmm. like where did this come from? Mm-hmm. She's like, well, remember that business that you told me <laughs> yeah. that I couldn't do uh-huh. by going out to sell to different people? Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't go out to sell to different people, but I did have my cousins come over and I sold to them and I've made these profits and that's where I got the money mm-hmm. for the bed. Mm-hmm. And she said he kind of thought about it for a few minutes and then he turned to her and he goes, well, you, you know, you haven't defied me. I think you're right. I think that's a way that you can do this. Hmm. And so, you know, he just bought into this, you know, his wife could be an entrepreneur in a way that fit them and their family. And uh, she said that Sunday after they finished, they had their like big, you know, they had some midday meal and they're kind of sitting around afterwards. And he's like, well, um, don't you have some work that you should be doing? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Oh my gosh. That's wild. I love that. So now he turned around. Okay, he turned. Yeah. That's awesome. That's right? awesome. That, you know, husband by husband. We'll, yeah. You know, we'll get there. Yeah. And what a way to, like, you know, it's still within the boundaries of what he, you know, he thinks of it as, as you know, this is the way it should be. And it's like, well, she didn't veer out of it for sure. She mm-hmm. she was definitely innovative and, and entrepreneurial. And you know, it's like, hey. I don't have to go out. I can just, like, I have all my cousins. You're right. It's like, that is wild. I love that story. Oh, my gosh. And, you and know, it, it it's, really it's all ingenuity. To, yeah. Right. It's all, you know, it, these women are, are, they're my inspiration every day. You know, mm. they are incredible entrepreneurs. They are, um, you know, these are women at the front line of climate change. You know, yeah. they're already experiencing big changes in, you know, droughts when they didn't used to have them, floods mm. when they didn't used to have them, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the economy and many of the women are, farm, you know, are agricultural farmers mm-hmm. and depend on, yeah. and their livelihoods are being incredibly disrupted. Right. You know, their lives are being disrupted by climate change yeah. already. You know, yeah. they're not, 
you know, I think of us here in the United States and I'm sitting in an air conditioned building mm-hmm. and, you know, if it's, it's a few degrees hotter outside today than it was a few years ago, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I know about it, but yeah. I'm not experiencing it as like it affecting my, me in quite the same way. Right. And so right. these women are really at the front line of climate change yeah. and they are doing something about it. You know, they recognize yeah. that burning fossil fuels, continuing to burn, you know, the wood mm-hmm. that is harder to come by because, you know, they're having to work further and further and further to collect wood to burn mm-hmm. for their stoves mm-hmm. or the, you know, the kerosene, the, the price of the kerosene has gone through the, you know, skyrocketed. And so just right. to have light at night, yeah. you know, they're, they'll limit it just to, you know, okay, we can have 30 minutes of light with kerosene, but mm-hmm. that's it. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, um, using a solar lamp, they realize that, you know, they're not putting the smoke in the air. Right. The inside of their home is not black with soot. Right. And yeah. um, so they're yeah. making these choices. Mm-hmm. They're making changes mm-hmm. and they're helping other women in their communities do the same. I love that. There's a woman named uh, Fatma who mm-hmm. uh, committed to, she was one of the first solar sister entrepreneurs in Tanzania. And she saw the value of the business and she also saw the value of you know, the benefits of the products. And mm-hmm. she made a commitment that every person, every household in her community would have a clean cook stove and a solar system, mm. a solar lighting system in their home. Wow. And um, she started working on it and realized that it wasn't happening fast enough uh-huh. for her liking. <laughs> and so uh-huh. she recruited three other women in her community and huh. got them to work start businesses to do the same thing because uh-huh. she wanted to make it, she wanted to convert everybody in her community faster. Wow. And, um, and so, you know, she not only shared the benefits with her community by, you know, bringing the products to them, but she also shared the benefit of economic opportunity mm-hmm. with other women in our community. Mm-hmm. And they come together every month. They have what we call a sisterhood group. Mm-hmm. Um, and they meet in their sisterhood group. And, you know, these women are just amazing. Mm-hmm. And they support each other. And once they got everybody in their community with a solar light and a clean cook stove, mm-hmm. then they're like, okay, now what can we do? You know, <laughs> what's the next thing that we can do yeah. for our community that we can do to earn money? Because they took the lessons that they learned as solar sister. Right. And they're like, well, you know, some people bought a solar lamp, but you know what? From the savings of the money that they didn't have to spend on kerosene, they can actually buy a solar system for their home. So wow. you know, then they go out and help everybody upgrade to the next thing. Or this person oh, needs a phone it. charger. Uh-huh. Or you know, what? Um, they got together and started a, um, a tree nursery uh-huh. and started helping people t- plant trees around their houses. Wow. You know, again, because of, you know, deforestation yeah. and things like that, it's been, yeah. you know, really um, creates oh. its own problems. And so, you know, they keep benefiting their community and doing it in a way that is, you know, socially responsible mm-hmm. and also helping them earn income. Mm-hmm. And I, I love it because it really speaks to, you know, they're, they're there for making sure that, their children have a future, you know, their, their mm-hmm. children's children have a future. And it's funny that you mentioned the climate change, because I was going to ask you about that. How has that affected them? But it, it, I love that they're, they've taken it into their hands of just saying, well, okay, we're not going to wait for something bad to happen. We're, we're making sure that nothing, you know, that it won't affect us as, as badly as it would have had we not had, have we not had, you know, a solar system. 
um, solar light system. That's really cool. Um, so, you know, it, it's, has, the, has the pandemic affected these communities with the, um, with the solar system? The solar system? It has in some ways, um, but differently than how it affected here in the U.S. Mm. So when um, COVID first hit a few years ago, and everything in the, new, in the U.S. just shut down, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we all just kind of locked down. Yes. Um, we operate in Nigeria and Tanzania and Kenya. Mm-hmm. And those three countries experienced it differently and differently from each other. Mm-hmm. So in Nigeria, they did have a lockdown mm-hmm. right away. Um, they had some cases early on, and they had a, a lockdown. And basically all you know, all of the economy just kind of like froze up for a little while. And so our entrepreneurs, that was really hard on them mm-hmm. because, um, you know, people didn't have money and were afraid to spend money. Mm. And so, you know, just anything but the most essentials just kind of froze up. So mm-hmm. their econ- their businesses were definitely affected. And, mm-hmm. and that's true for Tanzania, even though in Tanzania, officially the government never recognized that COVID existed. Wow. Um, okay. There was a, a fear that ran through the, the economy basically, and, and things kind of shut down for a while. Mm-hmm. But what, and then as an organization, we were really careful. We were like, oh, we need to protect our staff mm-hmm. and our entrepreneurs and make sure. So we made sure everybody had we distributed PPP, PPE to everyone, mm-hmm. and we um, stopped having what we call our sisterhood groups, which is where 10 or so women come together every month. Mm-hmm. Entrepreneurs from a geography, you know, from a town, they'll come together in their meeting, and mm-hmm. our staff member goes to that sisterhood group, and that's where we deliver the trainings, it's where we deliver the products. It's mm-hmm. very, you know, practical kind of the women support each other they celebrate they share stories and things like that so it's a lovely lovely event Mm -hmm. but we didn't want people coming together for a while because we were afraid of covid so we stopped providing the trainings in the sisterhood groups Mm -hmm. and instead um moved to a mobile delivery so using you know using cell phones Uh and um you know delivering our training to each of the entrepreneurs individually instead of like in groups oh. and um and it worked really well and mm-hmm. what we found through that was that you know once things kind of lightened up and people were able to come back in groups they absolutely wanted to come back into the sisterhood group meetings and mm. we've picked those back up again That's but what awesome. we did learn was that one-on-one coaching you mm-hmm. know you know, when you do a group of, you know, you're, you're teaching 10 people, it's kind of a training, mm-hmm. but when you're having a conversation one-on-one, it turns into more of a coaching session. Right. And what we found was those coaching sessions, especially for our more advanced entrepreneurs who've been with us for a while, mm-hmm. maybe already know kind of like our, the basics that go through the training program. Mm-hmm. This gave us a great opportunity to really meet them where they are with, you know, and what's your next, you know, what's your challenge now? You've mm-hmm. already solved you, you already know how to do A, B, and C. Right. You, you know, what's D, E, and F for yeah. you? Yeah. And so we were able to do these coaching sessions, which we have um, continued to provide after the pandemic has kind of, you know, moved through. Wow. One of the good news things about Africa is um, the, um, it wasn't, you know, they didn't 
they didn't have as high a rate of infection or deaths as mm -hmm. we've had mm -hmm. in Europe or in the U.S. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, that's been a blessing. Mm -hmm. um, and and so, you know, we're happy to see things are kind of back to normal yeah. as far as, you know, businesses go. That's great. Okay. Wow. That's awesome, Catherine. So is there someone you would credit for where you are now? Hmm. Well, I guess, you know, this may sound uh, very cliche, I guess, but, you know, certainly I think back to my mom, mm -hmm. um, you know, I grew up in Atlanta, my, um, a single, single mom, she, mm. you know, my parents divorced when I was quite young and mm -hmm. we were in a household of, uh, three girls and my mom. And I think in that household, she really raised us to, um, believe that, you know, we could be anything we wanted to be, that we could achieve, that we, you know, that there was really no holding us back. Uh -huh. And um, and if we put our, you know, put our put our minds to it, and put our shoulder into it, mm -hmm. things like that, mm -hmm. and um, believe in possibility. When I left home and, and went to New York and mm -hmm. was in banking, and it was back in the day when, you know, there weren't, you know, I'm not that old, but I'm pretty old. But, <laughs> but you know, you, you were often, you know, I was often like the only woman on a team or, uh, you know, the only woman in the trading room or yep. something like that, you know. Yep. And, and, um, and I realized, oh my gosh, there is still, because like I grew up in an environment where there was no kind of disadvantage of being a girl. I mean, mm -hmm. it was an all girl household. So mm -hmm. getting into banking in New York in yeah. the eighties, yeah. um, there was still a lot of misogyny mm -hmm. and a lot of inequity. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the, the, it was a time when a lot of women were coming into banking, but there were certainly no women in senior roles. Mm -hmm. And, um, mm -hmm. and so realizing, Oh, there's, there is this glass ceiling here. Yeah. Um, huh. um, was kind of a surprise to me and made me realize, I think made me more sensitive to the fact that, I mean, even today we're still fighting mm -hmm. against gender mm -hmm. inequities and, and yep. women's rights. Yep. And yeah, I mean, it seems to be going backwards right yeah. now. So, yeah. you know, yes. we, we can't give up the fight. Right. Um, and these are things that I didn't think were my fight at all. I thought they'd already been solved long before I came along. Uh, yeah. And, Clearly yeah. not. Clearly so. not. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So but yeah, I, my mom was, was a really, um, just a, you know, a very, you know, just would roll up her sleeves and get done what needed to be done and, and really pass that. that along. I love that. So, I mean, that's probably where you get your, uh, you know, you, your, um, sense of entrepreneurship and, and, mm -hmm. you know, like, making sure that things are happening the way they are because you want something you want it to grow and you want it to continue and uh, I, I think that's amazing you know that you got that from your mom and Thanks. being surrounded by you know and being around a strong woman you know is is and it goes to show that it actually like you know it it helped it might have also shaped you like re, you know when you were creating solar sister because you've met all these amazing strong women <laughs> mm -hmm. right so that's really cool um so is there something that you haven't yet done that you would like to do that like to get done either personally or for solar sister 
so I I would love to see Solar Sister. You know, we have grown so much. You know, mm-hmm. it started out as a small project with ten women entrepreneurs that we thought, let's just see if this works. If we give, you know, if we give women a, a business start mm-hmm. and train them and and give them access to these products that we think can be really, you know, are really timely and needed in their communities. Mm-hmm. You know, can we create this kind of self-perpetuating business? Mm-hmm. And, um, so from 10 entrepreneurs that we started with, we now have over 7,000 wow. women who have been solar sister entrepreneurs. That's so crazy. That, I, that's incredible. Yeah, it's great. And we've reached 3 million people with energy. Wow. Um, which I would have never, you know, it was not what I intended when I started. I don't know what I intended <laughs> uh-huh. when I started. It was more just to like, huh, let's go see if this will work. Right. But right. we have reached, you know, 3 million people who otherwise would not have had energy, have, like, oh you know, gosh. have light and clean cooking and, uh-huh. you know, fan, you know, just energy in their homes and their lives are improved and all of that multiplier effect for, you know, that's a good number of people. Mm-hmm. But, but it is a drop in the bucket for how many people need access to energy. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. when I look at, you know, there's, when I first started this, the, the statistic was there's like 600 million people in Africa that don't have access to energy. And guess yeah. what? Today, there's like 600 million people who don't have access wow. to energy. You know? And it's it beca- and what they project is if things don't change mm-hmm. by 2050, there will be more people that don't have access to energy. Hmm. Because even with the rate of, and the, it's work has been done, really good work has been done to give people energy access. Mm-hmm. But the rate of population growth mm-hmm. is outstripping the rate wow. of energy access growth. Got it. Okay. And so um, it's kind of moving in the backwards direction that, right. you know, even with all the good work that has been done, more needs to be done. More right. needs to be done faster right? and bigger. And, and so I think of that and, you know, if there's something that I haven't done, mm-hmm. I'm going to take my inspiration from Fatma mm-hmm. who, you know, realized alone, I can't get every household, mm-hmm. you know, electricity but if i go find if i go find three more women who will help me do this right then we're on you know then we're in business yeah and so i'll take the inspiration from her and say you know my goal is to let's solve this issue let's make sure that we have energy access for everyone who needs it yeah because that unlocks the potential of all those people mm-hmm. and it's going to address poverty in all those places mm-hmm. because they're you know, human potential is unleashed. Right. I'm not going to be able to do it alone. So I need right. to go find three more women who are going to help <laughs> me do that. But more than three women. I think I'll need a few, a few more than three. Yes. So, yes. you know, we just need to really multiply this. Tenfold. To, to, yeah. yeah, to tenfold or a hundredfold to meet the size mm-hmm. of the problem. Yeah, like you said, you know, I mean, you, while your business or while, you know, Solar Sister is growing, you know, the the population keeps growing so the need really has to you know the, the need is there and you have to keep going to to like create more access um wow okay and so if anyone wanted to know um more about solar sister and or would like to get involved how would they go about it yeah so uh, the first thing to do is um visit us our website is www solarsister.org and solar sisters all lowercase run together mm-hmm. and um, go check out our website and um, 
there's a section there that's like, you know, how to get involved and you can look at that. But the things that are always helpful are, you know, we're always looking for people who, you know, want to be partners with us and really, you know, help us with resources of, you know, you know, money to support the training and the support that we provide the women. So, you know, a donation is always welcome and always 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 impactful mm-hmm. you know um, your money goes straight towards the work and it it has a multiplication effect so for you know one dollar invested and you have a multiplier effect of what that creates and wow. so you know that's a very very um, direct and easy thing to do mm-hmm. we also love to you know we've got to build this movement we've got to find those three other women who are going yeah. to do this right right so you know share our story please yeah. share our story with other people mm-hmm. um one of my favorite things is on Thursdays, uh, there is a newsletter that comes out from Solar Sister. Newsletter is even the wrong story. It's a it's a it's a profile of a woman entrepreneur, mm-hmm. and these are the most incredible stories. It's the most they're so inspiring. And every Thursday, it hits my inbox early in the morning, and it just brightens up my day because I get to hear a story about an entrepreneur mm-hmm. and what she's you know how she's using the money she's made mm-hmm. what she's done how it's changed her life mm-hmm. and um and those stories you know when you read them each is just a, a snapshot of a life mm-hmm. but when you read them and start to see so many of these it creates this this pathway of hope mm-hmm. that there is there is a future for for them and for us that's kind of better than where we are right now so right. um right. so sign up for that newsletter okay. get the you know okay. get your it's called a brighter world and you know sign up for that and then share that as well because i think the more people understand about the issues of you know gender equity and climate mm-hmm. justice mm-hmm. and energy access mm-hmm. but then more importantly the more people understand the incredible um potential of these women mm-hmm. to really to really address these problems in their own lives mm-hmm. then i think we'll We'll find the support we need to make it happen. I love that. Thank you. Okay. And um, if you had one thing to change that you wish you had done years ago, what would it be? Mm. I think it would be to really... I think there's, uh, can I say two things? Mm-hmm. I've got two things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One is, I think I would, um, I wish we had, I had, we had taken um, the climate crisis uh, more seriously yeah. sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I hope people are taking it seriously now yeah. and making changes and choices that will, um, you know, preserve our planet and our mm-hmm. environment and our, you know, but I think I, I really wish we had all of us um, paid more attention sooner mm-hmm. and um, done something that, you know, made the changes sooner right. so that the changes now, you know, wouldn't have to be as drastic. Yeah. That said, you know, you can't go back. So mm-hmm. let's do it now. Right. Um, what's that, you know, the best time to plant a tree is today. And the second best time is, or no, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. Hmm. The second best time is to plant it today. Mm-hmm. And I think I feel a little bit like that about the climate crisis. If we had paid attention 20 years ago, but we didn't. So let's pay attention today. Right. Um, yeah. And the other thing I would change is, um, you know, 
go back and tell myself, like, you know, believe in yourself. You, you, you know, you don't know where this journey is going to take you, but, um, you know, there's, there's a future, you know, there's a really exciting tomorrow out there. And, yeah. um, you know, there are times in anyone's life, I think that you get, um, you know, you get bogged down or you, you, you can't see a future and, and mm. from this perspective, mm-hmm. I know that those are just momentary moments. Mm-hmm. And, and that's easy to like, you know, to be in that frame of mind but then when you start reading about Fatma and Rebecca mm-hmm. and you're like okay I really have nothing to complain about <laughs> because when you read their stories you're like wow you know because they transformed their lives they transformed how they're going to have a future and yeah. you know if if we as a society, a society could just do that I think we'd be in good shape <laughs> I think we would be in a better shape um, and I so agree about climate change because it's, you know, yes, we can't go back, but we definitely have to move forward and we have to keep going because it's not just going to impact us. It's impacting our children, our children's children and future generations. So, you know, we, we definitely have to keep moving forward um, and doing, you know, and stop harming the planet. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. Um, but Catherine, oh my gosh, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really, really am so honored to have you on because, you know, I, I've been following Solar Sister for a while and, I, you know, I don't know if I told you this, but I actually read about a solar lamp um, on a news clipping uh, that I saw and wrote about on a blog. Um, and it was actually, it, it was about a... Um, they used the solar lamp to light up during surgery because in 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 an Af- I, I believe it was in Africa, but I was just like blown away by it. I was like, holy mackerel! You know, if they can do this, you know, <laughs> that's really incredible. And so since then, and then I, when I saw Solar Sister, and I'm like, okay, I would love to have her on and just like have her talk and you know, share her story and, and, and share the the women's stories. And, and it's really incredible what you've created with, you know, the, the people that you started with. And, and, you know, you keep going. And I am so, uh, like, in awe of, of these women and, uh, and the work that you're doing with them. So thank you for coming on. Thank you. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Well, I will um, keep you posted. And uh, with that, well, have a great day and I'll talk to you soon. Great. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's our show for today. I've posted more information about Catherine Lucy on RevWoman.com. Thank you for listening. And I hope you'll tune in every Thursday for another episode of Revolutionary Woman. You can listen to Revolutionary Women on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. Just a little note. I've launched a Patreon account to support the show. All proceeds will go to producing and editing the episodes to give my poor husband a break for being my personal IT and production department. He wrote this. The address is patreon.com slash revwoman.com.